Listening to Lester the Nightfly, we are here with an opera singer, but not just an opera singer, Celeste. You do lots of types of singing, Celeste Morales. I uh, can't wait to hear all about it. Welcome to Lester the Nightfly. Thank you. Happy to be here in San Francisco. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, coming from you. I love it. I know, and we're we're so I'm so excited to meet you on the radio. You have been a competition winner and competitor and singer and. We met through the the Julio Gari Foundation awards and concerts and stuff that happened about three weeks ago in New York City, and I'm just so happy that you could find some time and jump on the on the horn and talk to me. Yeah, I'm excited to to do some talking about music that I love and how I grew up, and it's it's an interesting um, background of how I got to opera. Well, no, but see, I already know the story. You're an opera singer, so that you you only listen to opera. You live on an opera stage. Uh, you mostly dress in period costume, I would yep. guess, right? Corsets only. I think we do have perceptions about what it's like to be a singer, to be a soprano, to be a classically trained soprano who sings opera. It's kind of foreign territory for, I think, most of us. We don't know what your life is like and what your musical taste is and you know how you got where you are, that kind of thing. So I'm actually really excited to, to talk to you and maybe dispel myths, but also just understand a little bit better the struggles, the successes, what it's basically like to be you in some ways. So this should be fun. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, my family doesn't even really understand what I do. So <laughs> this is going to get interesting. Well, they're going to become devoted listeners to Lester the Nightfly. Or not. That's right. <laughs> or not. That's okay. Either way. All right. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to do the, uh, hey, Celeste, tell us a little bit about yourself. Do, do, do that little thing for us so we get a sense of your background.
I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. I actually got my background in music education from Texas State University. I was kind of a choir nerd. I was choir president and I started taking lessons in sixth grade, um, vocal lessons. My mom had kind of really put me through, you know, various things, but I really told her when I was young that I wanted to learn piano and I wanted to learn how to sing. So in sixth grade, she enrolled me in lessons and have been taking voice lessons still. I mean, I am 31 years old and I still take voice lessons. They're kind of the foundation to keep my singing voice alive and um, growing. So it's something that I've followed for such a long time. But in terms of going to opera, that didn't really start until I moved to New York City to get my master's at Manhattan School of Music. And then the passion from there has just grown immensely because growing up, I, opera was not on my radar. I had no idea what that was until I got to my undergrad. Yeah, have been really working towards that goal of singing around the world and investing myself in this beautiful art form. It wasn't that, that it's such an easy path to make millions. It was that wasn't the reason. <laughs> no. I nope, nope, definitely not. <laughs> because it ain't. It's tough. Yeah. You picked a difficult discipline, didn't you, with opera? Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, you know, in some countries, there's a sort of a state support of arts like this. In the United States, there's, yep. I, I believe, over the the decades, declining support of formal classical arts. Um, it's really up to donors and groups and individuals to support the arts. Uh, a staging of an opera at the Metropolitan Opera in New York, or frankly, any opera company without the support of big donors. I mean, you have to get money to put on these productions because they are so grand. We, they say the grand opera for a reason. It's mm -hmm. costly. And that does not even touch the costs that you have on a daily basis to pay for the lessons to get to the auditions, to get around the world, frankly, to, to enter these competitions and, and, and see if you can get grant money, award money, prize money to support your uh, ongoing expenses. It's, it's a tricky little world that you live in, I think. Oh, definitely. I don't think I really knew about that until I you know, decided that I was going to move to New York. But even then, I I had no idea of, of, you know, even when I graduated um, with my master's, I, I had no idea what that world was going to be like after going, moving into um, young adulthood as, you know, someone who's pursuing an operatic career. And it's something that I am always learning about, about as I get older. And I think that goes for everyone because this is a very niche, you know, art form. It's, and it doesn't survive, like you said, without those donors or people that are dedicated um, and passionate about, about keeping this art form alive. What I do here with Celeste, and I'm going to do this with lots of singers upcoming, is support a very niche, very special, rare form of music, but I still, to the second, believe it is the highest form of human musical achievement. And I revere, Celeste, what you do. And I was delighted to hear your lovely voice in singing at the Gari competition, competition, finals, and the awards uh, performances. And that was about three weeks ago. And you, my dear, were the winner. 
you won the thing. You won the competition. What was that all about? What was that like? Tell us for a second. Oh, it was an amazing feeling. Honestly, following this path, it's a lot of no's there. You know, you can apply for things and never even touch even getting to sing for somebody live. So much time and effort and and care and dedication and discipline. And for me to even advance to make it to the final round and let alone win first prize, it really was something I was shocked by, but also very humbled and grateful to have received, especially after the pandemic, when you're questioning so many things about whether or not this art form is even going to exist for you. And I feel like there are a lot of singers out there who were sent back a little bit, you know, a couple years, and now are, are just starting to get their names out there and voices out there again. So, I mean, to, to walk away with that, I, it was a goal of mine, and I'm happy to say that it got accomplished. So, so everybody, this is a big deal. Uh, it's a major competition. It's been going on for almost 20 years in New York City. It's the Giulio Gari Foundation. It's named after the tenor Giulio Gari and his work at the Metropolitan Opera, the City Opera. Very important figure in the history of opera. And after he passed away, a foundation was established, prize money was set up, set up and now we have this uh, annual competition. And of the 30 finalists, nine prizes were awarded and Celeste got the top prize. So it, it, it just as it was this year, that's stiff competition. And I know there were some major, major singers who didn't win. The circle is small in terms of, um, you know, getting to know musicians and things. So there had people, there were people there that, you know, I got to hear for the first time, but that I really admired from afar. And we never kind of met, but we're able to meet because of the Giulio Gari competition. It really opens your eyes to the amount of talent that is uh, existing. And, and, and if you can be on the other side and appreciate that, you know, as it, it is a competition at the end of the day, but to realize that there are so many wonderful, exceptional talents, you know, and, and you're kind of among that, that's pretty special to rec- to realize and recognize and just listen to. What were the pieces that you sang throughout the competition? So we had to have five arias, which are just basically song selections from operas, um, the most popular. And so the first one that I sang was Il est doux, il est bon from Erodiada by Massenet which is not done very much, but it's a popular soprano French aria. And then the second one that they picked was Senza Mamma, which is more popular by Puccini, and it's his opera Suor Angelica. And I think that was the one that really sent everyone over the top, and that's the one that I sang at the performance.
So that was Senza Mama from Suor Angelica. It's an opera aria from uh, Giacomo Puccini, one of the great, 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 great composers of all time. Italian man, of course. It's a lovely aria. It's a lovely opera. And if you have a chance to see Puccini, I mean, you know, if you're not into opera, you already know uh, Madame Butterfly. 
right? Everybody knows Madame Butterfly. So, so that's Puccini. <laughs> and, you know, when it comes up in your town, in your village, in Manhattan, go see it because you'll see just the, the greatness of this, this great artist in, um, in arias just like that one. So you can see uh, Celeste and the other competition winners at juliogari.org. That's the location online where you can see a lot of competition winners. You will also be able to see all of the winners over time, eventually at, at YouTube, at the Julio Gari YouTube channel. How do you describe your musical taste, Celeste? I would say it's very eclectic. <laughs> uh, I grew up, my dad, uh, he was just into various, you know, different um, musical styles, Pink Floyd, Earth, Wind and Fire. Um, but then like something like The Temptations and then we'd go to mariachi music. So it was everywhere. And so I kind of grew up being very interested in all different kinds of music. And I would say musical theater and more R&B or soulful uh, contemporary music was really more so on my radar, radar growing up. Uh, so I listened to Mariah Carey. I just really those big those big singers that can really just sing. I was always attracted to. How about Chaka Khan? Oh yeah, Chaka right. Khan is great. Big yeah. voice, love her yeah, voice. Exactly, fabulous. singer the r&b singer is just as popular i mean just you look at adele i mean you know that signature voice well what tell me what do you think of adele's voice oh yeah i'm a huge fan of adele i mean i would sing her all the time for auditions when it came to joining any pop group mm -hmm. <laughs> so i love adele i never got to see her live but yeah she's really a standard for me so as far as your singing career, do you sing lots of other things or is it really, if we were to find recordings of you or see you, it, it's going to be a, an opera aria? No, actually, I do have other recordings on my YouTube channel. Um, some from taken from, you know, the various churches that I've worked at in New York City that, you know, allow me to really sing soulful. Uh, I also do pop arrangements as well. And I am one of my goals is to record um, an, an EP um, that is stuff that I've written 
that is more contemporary, which would probably be in the style of more, it's called Americana or like an indie style. It's kind of like a country, but not as twangy, I would say. Mm. Um, <laughs> but True. that's really another one, of, another style that I really love to listen to. Pick one. Let's pick one from your YouTube collection. I want to play it. I want to play it for everybody. Let's see. It should. Oh, people get ready by the impressions. one there then i also have a cover of adele i have uh can't make you love me by by adele which was something that i performed at the homecoming uh talent show when i was an undergrad at texas state and i ended up winning first prize there so that was really exciting for me Cause I can't make you love me if you 
And yeah, I'm still trying to put things out on YouTube. I really want it to be a collection of all the different things I sing, not just opera, because I really want to just group everything as how I've, as I've grown up, you know, it's not just here's a YouTube channel for opera and here's a YouTube channel for my pop stuff. No, I really just want, this is a place where people can come and just listen to um, just the various things that I sing. Lovely. Those are beautiful pieces. Uh, it's fun to, to hear you sing other stuff. So Celeste, who is Florence Price? Florence Price is, well, she, she's really um, an influence, uh, influential uh, female African-American composer and really didn't get the recognition she deserved until more recently, I would say. Um, it, as more institutions, you know, school and opera companies are putting in more repertoire, repertoire of art song, she is starting to get more recognition. Um, but back then, she definitely did not being a female and then secondly being uh African American. So it's really it was really special to have learned a lot of her pieces last summer um in San Francisco for Marilla Opera program. Um so I would definitely if anybody is interested in 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 hearing more of of her to really uh go down the rabbit hole and and uh listen to some of her pieces. But she wrote she wrote symphonies and she wrote orchestrations. I mean it wasn't just classical singing it was various things and they're all incredibly beautiful 1953 was when she passed away but she was born in 1887 oh that's so cool because you sang sympathy and hold fast to dreams for the marilla people last summer right those were those videos mm -hmm, yes gorgeous gorgeous work you so everyone should go to the youtube channel for uh celeste morales and you can see or look up merola m-e-r-o-l-a opera program and there's a whole movie that was created and you're in it singing florence price and i just i really had never heard of florence price before so this is very exciting it makes me want to go down that rabbit hole in fact to hear yeah. more of her work
well, this is great. I, we're, we're getting to hear you sing Florence Price. We're getting you hearing you sing some Adele stuff. This is this is exactly what I wanted. However, you did bring a playlist to us and it's, it really runs the gamut. So let's do some introductions to these pieces. I want, I want to share uh, really your musical taste with everybody. Well, it does start with opera though, that we're going to go in order. This is, uh, here he is, Giacomo, our buddy from La Boheme. <laughs> this is a big aria from the principal character, one of the principal characters, Mimi, in the opera. Why did you choose this one? And maybe you can just tell us a little bit about it before we hear it. Yeah, so I got an opportunity to travel to one of the perks is being able to travel, you know, various places. But right out of uh, graduating from Manhattan School of Music, I got the opportunity to travel to South Africa to perform this role, which was the first Puccini role that I was ever going to do. And so it was a very exciting time. And Mimi is something that, you know, a character that I hold really dear to my heart. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to put this one down. And uh, it's just really the introduction to her and Rodolfo meeting and starting their, you know, the, the whole opera is framed around them and their friends, but it really is more so their love connection. And so this is the first time they're meeting and she's a very shy, um, you know, young female. And so it's uh, kind of those weird, awkward dates that you may go on. I don't know if you ever do them, but you know, so we've all maybe have been in a position where we've had an awkward date and we're kind of introducing ourselves. And uh, so it's really one of those arias where she's just kind of going on a rampant about different things, but kind of at the end kind of reigns it back to really some, um, you know, more introspective, uh, beautiful phrases. So it's, it's a really popular one. Si mi chiamano Mimi from La Boheme by Giacomo Puccini here on Lester the Nightfly.
That was Maria Callas singing Si Mi Chiamano Mimi from La Boheme. Thank you, Celeste. That's gorgeous. Hey, have you seen the Met production, the Zeffirelli production? of? Yes, uh, I was able to see it. Yeah, in 2019. And then obviously again in 2021. Uh, but I mean, amazing, amazing production. If you haven't seen it, dear listener, you will, you've never seen anything like it. I mean, honest to God, full stop. There is no, there's a scene where there's a full town at work uh, in every capacity, filling this magnificently huge stage at the Metropolitan. Truly, you've never seen anything like it. It's a, it's a spectacle. It's one of the highlights of the repertoire at the Met. Do you get a chance to go to the Met much? I tried to go, you know, as, as once or twice a week if I can, if I can afford it. Um, but usually they're very good about uh, prices there for various different types, um, especially students. So I was, I went a lot. I even got to go to a lot of closed dress rehearsals as a student. Um, so it was, it, it's always been an exciting time whenever I can see something there. Thinking back on this 2021, 2022 season, uh, were there any highlights for you? Yes, I got to another Puccini, so I'm a big fan, but it's a Turndal, so I got to go see that. The Zeffirelli production is just out of this world. It really, any production by him is something that is really spectacular. You're going to go and you're going to just be floored by what you see and hear. Um, Celeste, you also shared some music that isn't opera with us. And one of them is from a musical called A Little a little Musical. A Little Musical. Nobody will ever have heard of Wicked. <laughs> this is Defying Gravity. Let's take a listen, then I want to hear your thoughts. Alphaba, why couldn't you have stayed calm for once instead of flying off the handle? I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy now. I hope you're happy how you hurt your cause forever. I hope you think you're clever. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy too. I hope you're proud how you would grovel in submission to feed your own ambition. So though I can't imagine how, I hope you're happy right now. Elfie, listen to me. Just say you're sorry. You can still you've worked and waited for you can have all you ever wanted i know but i don't want it no i can't want it Something is not the same I'm through with playing by the rules of someone else's game Too late for second guessing Too late to go back to sleep It's time to trust my instincts Close my eyes And leave it's time to try to find 
That was Defying Gravity from Wicked. Why is this on our playlist, Celeste? <laughs> oh, I, like I said, opera was not 
my first go-to. I was not one of those people that grew up listening to opera. So, you know, apart from, you know, the other various styles that I grew up with, Broadway was really something that I got into when I was young. So my mom took me to go see Annie. That was the first Broadway show that I saw, classic. And then the second one that I saw, funny enough, was Phantom of the Opera, which, you know, everybody has the argument it's not an opera, which it's not. But, you know, it takes, it does have that, you know, small resemblance style. And so I, it was really the, I mean, those really two of those Broadway and Phantom of the Opera really kind of, I was mesmerized by the theatrics and the lights and the costumes and the, the style of singing. Really. I was really attracted to that. So, um, you know, Wicked has become one of my favorite, my favorite uh, Broadway shows. I've seen it like seven times. <laughs> and oh. so I can never, it's just one of those tearjerker for me, um, you know, spectacles. I mean, if no one's ever seen Wicked, they definitely should. Uh, Cause it really takes on, um, you know, a different story from um, was, what's the, I can't even think of the, the, the movie it's taken from. <laughs> oh, Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, Wizard of Oz. Okay, yeah. I was like brain, but Wizard well, but of it was Oz. it was really a book though. It was sort of an adaptation of the original uh -huh. story into a novel that became popular that was then turned. So it's that's right. derivative of you know the film, I guess. Yeah, that's very true. But it's just uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just the song is a classic for me. Do you ever sing it? Do you ever sing that song in the shower? <laughs> oh yeah, in the shower and the shower. Of course, I've tried it many times. It's hard. It's a really yeah. hard thing. Oh I yeah, mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. And of course, you know, in the classical realm, now it's more. It's they're more open to you singing. You know, contemporary musical theater. Uh, but you know, it it can be hard going back and forth singing opera and Broadway. So. It's something that I kind of just do for fun. Um, but whenever I get the chance to kind of sing some uh, contemporary musical theater, I'm going to grab it. <laughs> have you ever uh, tried jazz standards yourself? I have not, but it is also mm. like a huge, I love, I love jazz as well. Women like Renee Fleming originally were going down very different paths, you know, like you in, in many ways. And <laughs> she did a lot of jazz, I think, and then figured yeah. out that her voice was suited to opera. Do nothing till you hear from me. Oh, my heart. 
Landslide by Fleetwood Mac on your playlist. Let's hear that one going way back and then we'll talk about it. I took my love, took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in snow covered hills. Till the landslide brought me down Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Can I handle the seasons of my here with Celeste Morales. This is Lester the Nightfly. My name is PJ Ewing. We're talking opera and also other music. This is Celeste's playlist. And uh, what we just heard was Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. How did this end up on our, our little mini list? I am a huge, huge fan of Fleetwood Mac. I would say they're probably my favorite band. I would love to see them live. I know they've had issues, you know, in the past, but they have, I've grown up with them really. Um, my mom was a huge fan. My dad was a huge fan. I mean, we would sit down 
um, and just, you know, a Friday night and just watch their live tours on YouTube, uh, you know, back in the nineties. And, um, of course, rumors is like their most famous, you know, album and, uh, landslide is particularly special to me because I dedicated it to my mom when she came to see my master's recital at, uh, Manhattan school of music, you know, after, you know, completing what I had to complete in terms of the classical repertoire, I ended it and, and took it back home to something that is special to me with, uh, landslide. So, and, and, and a lot of people really liked seeing that, liked hearing that. So that was, that was really, uh, just a special moment for me. So yeah, it's one of my favorite songs by them. However, you picked the wrong song. Which one do you love? I'm so sorry. No, yeah, <laughs> nice try, Morales. But the song you should have chosen is Gold Dust Woman.
love that one too. There's I so many one. I can't. <laughs> Silver Springs is one of my favorite. Rhiannon is one of my, the chain. I mean, can go oh, yeah. on and on. Go on and on. All right. <laughs> Celeste is spending the summer at the Marola Opera Program in San Francisco. Just a second about how prestigious this is. 25 singers, five apprentice coaches, and one apprentice stage director were selected from over 1,300 international applicants to participate in this fancy Marola Opera program. It's 12 weeks, and our Celeste is right in the middle of that, having the summer of her life. Let's meet again next week, where we will go through part two of my conversation with soprano Celeste Morales. This has been a PJ DJ production. Mm-hmm.